space, the final frontier. Space Station Ashland sits on the edge of Federation space with its companionship, the USS Dalamis Christian. The space around them is full of mystery and strange wonders, where secrets are kept and danger lurks around every corner. The crew of the Dalamis Christian must navigate treacherous waters as they work to protect the Federation. But as they peer into the unknown, they will discover that the line between friend and foe is not always clear. They will be tested like never before and will face challenges that will push them to their limits. Join us on this adventure as we explore the farthest reaches of space and uncover the hidden truths that lie within the shadows. Tabletop Journeys presents Star Trek Preservations. Welcome. This is Tabletop Journeys, and we are about to begin our episode of the Star Trek Adventures role-playing game by Modifius Entertainment, Star Trek Preservations. Joining me today, three members of our cast, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves and their characters before we jump in to the adventure of the day. I'd like to start with our cruise CO. Thank you very much. I am Joe Harney, and I am playing Commander Sabian Tobor, who is a joint trill and in command of our vessel. Uh, I'm Daniel Fields. I'm going to be playing Vila Lore. Vila Lore is a changeling who was raised on Ferengar and joined as a non-commissioned officer and the chief of security. Good afternoon. My name is Chad Bean. I am playing a Vulcan security guard whose alias is named Russell St. Cuthbert. He actually does have a Vulcan name, but it is not something that he gives out to anyone just because they want to know such things. Excellent. Star Trek Preservations is the name of our show. We're going to jump right into the story. This is a homebrew STA campaign originated by myself, curated with individual episode creation and mission creation responsibilities shared between myself and Josh Newton, also of Tabletop Journeys. And we also have significant contributions that are coming into season one from our third co-host, Glenn Meyer. Even though they are not on this part of the episode or this part of the show, I will say thank you very much to the team at Tabletop Journeys. The things we're doing with this game, we could not do without them. Quick shout outs to 
Jim Johnson, the line editor for the Star Trek Adventures role-playing game at Modifius, for his support of the community as a whole, conversations and questions and answers to questions that he has provided many players of this game, many GMs of this game, and myself personally. It is very much a major part of why we're able to do this, and very excited to be able to do so. Also to Michael Desmuke, the curator of continuing missions, the number one Star Trek Adventures fan site, and one of the co-hosts of Continuing Conversations, the YouTube channel on Studio Tembo. Michael has been nothing but the greatest of friends of this show and of me in regards to Star Trek Adventures. Definitely has been behind me since he first responded to a little question I had way back in 2022 and really helped us get to this point. I look forward to every conversation I have with him about the game. Without any further ado, we're going to jump right into the game. We are about to start something that's very unique to Tabletop Journeys. It is our collaborative world-building piece, so if you would all be so kind as to have your D20s, each of you need two of them for this, and kindly roll them, save those numbers, and now I'm going to go around the room in no particular order. I'm going to go ahead and start with Chad. What are the two numbers that you have rolled? 14 and 17. Okay. So you have a choice. So I'm going to give you two world-building prompts, and you can choose which of the two prompts you would like to go with. And this is where you get to improv, riff off of this prompt, and that becomes written into the greater story that we are telling today and moving forward. With your roll of 14, you have a contentious rivalry with one of the Dalamas Christian crew members or a transferring staff member on Aislinn Station, having nothing to do with your careers. What is the source of that rivalry? The 17, you have met one of the Dalamas Christian crew members or a transferring member of the Aislinn Station staff in a situation that could be embarrassing to both of you. What was that embarrassing situation? I'll start with the 14, please. Excellent. So do tell, what was the source of this rivalry and it, was it a Bahamas Christian crew member or a staff member of the station? A staff member of the station and we enjoy playing practical jokes on one another. Excellent. And just a quick little expansion. And if you don't have a specific answer to this, I can work on this. But is there a specific department that you would like this individual to be from? The culinary department. Got it. All right. And Commander Tabor, your two roles, please. All right. I got a 12 and a 20. Ooh, nice. So a 12 is... Actually, you know what? A 20 is a critical failure in STA because obviously everything in STA is roll low. So you lose the opportunity to choose the lower of the two. You are stuck with the, with the, with the 20 in this particular case. What you have successfully done is increased the threat of today's mission by two. And you notice someone on the crew of the Dalamas Christian or a transferring staff member at Aislinn Station – 
with whom you had a previous run-in and they could be a security risk. Who are they? What did they do? And what did you do about it? I point at my monitor at Dan because he's a changeling and he can be whoever he wants to be. And he's not like Odo. He's got the perfect changeling thingamabob. So I've got my eye on him. Also, I'm wondering why the only changeling in Starfleet has been assigned to my ship. Got it. All right. And finally, Velalor. They do say that failure makes the story more interesting. And as a roll low system, I got a 17 and an 18. Excellent. Again, you have the choice between either of these two options. So the 17 reads as follows. You first met one of the Delamas Christian crew members or transferring member of the station in a situation that could be embarrassing to both of you. What was that situation? The 18. You know an embarrassing secret about one of the Delamas Christian crew members or a transferring staff member. What is that? And why would they find it embarrassing? And as importantly, how did you learn of this secret? I'm going to fall back on the 18 in that regard. And I'm going to say that hailing from Ferengar, and there are, in the tradition of Ugg Ferengi who have attended and processed through the academy, that there was a particular Ferengi who did not understand or follow the rules of acquisition and yet was somehow placed in a high level of some sort liaising between Starfleet and Ferengi government and despite this kind of lack that they have they managed to surround themselves with people who were able to properly advise so that it never shone through too severely but I know. Okay. Regarding front and momentum, we are beginning with the addition of two threat from your captain. Two threat per player. We are at a total of eight threat to start the event. And did you say whether or not that uh, that Ferengi who didn't follow the rules of acquisition, whether they were a staff member on the station or a member of the crew? They would be a staff member on the station. Okay. And what department? Diplomacy, diplomatic. Okay. Member of the diplomatic corps. Excellent. All right. Now that we have that, we've got that taken care of. We'll weave those things into the narrative as we go. But we are going to start with the crew being called up, or your three characters being called up to speak with Commodore Pritchard. You're in his office. This is a few days after the developments that took place during a science conference. Specifically, there was a murder attempt. There were there was investigations. There was explosions. But the other members of your crew were successful in getting that addressed. Um, this is in the wrap up washout of the of those events. But Pritchard is has called you up to his office. You are the three of you are waiting outside of the office at this point, so you can begin conversing. You can actually hear through the door 
Pritchard dressing down individuals. His voice is frustrated. He is not particularly calm. He's not often this way. He's not known for often being angry and loud, but he does have a bit of a temper in the rare occasions where he's under a lot of pressure or time constraints or what have you. So it's not often that he gets this way, but obviously with a conference that nearly went as badly as this one did, he's people have noticed that he's not particularly happy of late. And none of the three of you are particularly sure why you've been called up at this time. I will take a seat that's close to the door where I can overhear, but also surveil the rest of the room and attempt to intuit a little bit more into what is happening and going on, why he is particularly sour. So you're not able to make out the words that are being said. You can just gather the tone. You can tell it's loud in there. To be fair, I'm building it a bit of a, of a sci-fi plot hole here. In a spaceship, doors would seal. You probably wouldn't, or a space station, doors would seal in such a fashion you probably likely would not hear much through them. In this particular case, you are. This is a large office complex, not in a spaceship. This is on a space station. This is not a bulkhead door. This is one of those doors that has that frosted transparent aluminum glass look to it. And you can see the figures half through it, like the, the shadowed figures in, inside the office. And you can see they're very still. And you can see that Pritchard is fairly animated. So you get a sense of what's happening as far as the tone and the volume, but you're not actually going to be able to hear any specifics, not while the door is shut. It's the high-class cube farm where the walls go all the way to the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's a little bit more than that. This is the corner office. On the other side, he's got a big glass window that overlooks <clears throat> the internal portion, dock portion of the station. important piece of information to take from this is that you can we can actually hear him outside. Yeah. He's that angry and yelling that loudly. Exactly. That's the key. You're being called to the to the Commodore's office, and he's not in a good mood. All right. So after a few moments of that, the door opens, and as it opens, you hear, yes, sir. And then the response from Pritchard is, when I say dismissed, exit rapidly. And then you see the three individuals turn on heels and go out. There is a commander, a lieutenant commander, and there is a captain that are there. It is a captain of the diplomatic corps, the station engineering lieutenant commander. So the person in charge of engineering on the station and the commander who is in charge of logistics and all the various quartermasters in the comings and goings and largely responsible for receiving equipment, supplies, and things to help with station construction. And they exit, and then Pritchard takes a seat, says, Tavor, get you and your people in here. I do the head nod to Valilar and Russell, and we head on in. And I, I do the very precise, and I stop exactly one meter from the, his desk and snap into like perfect parade ground attention in a way to try to communicate to him that like his, like his current behavior is like bordering on unacceptable. So I'm going to, I snap into that like malicious compliance mode. Okay. And hopefully he'll catch 
onto it and calm down is my goal. He uh, reaches for a glass of water that he has on his on his desk. He takes a sip. You see him breathe deeply. I assume that the, the rest of you enter or at a position of attention as well. I follow in behind while at attention have an air of indifference to the attitude. I'll walk in and just go to attention. Excellent. Apologies. Gentlemen, you should not have had to witness that. Please, take your seats. I called you oh, here no, because I'm, we have I a number see. of things happening. Tabor, everything to do with this station is currently behind schedule. Everything. Over the next few weeks, months, I'm going to be assigning a lot of tasks to you and your crew to get this station's crew back on task. I will be needing assistance department by department from your people to get the station's people up to speed. The station chief of staff is going to be replaced at some point in the next few months. We are waiting to hear back from Starfleet as to whom and their arrival date. Likely that individual will need an escort from your ship, which is also not here and behind schedule, not being properly delivered by Starfleet. Towards that end, I'm no longer waiting for them to bring the, the Delamas Christian to us. I will be sending you and a skeleton crew of your team to go get the Delamas Christian. I'm working out those details currently in the interim while we are a bit understaffed for this other mission because we're still trying to fix the problems that came out of the conference debacle. I need you and your two crew members to get yourselves to the observations station on Reladon 4. It is a it is a communications array and platform that is used by the Talarians. We have agreed to help them get it fixed. They've been having problems of late and it is interfering with our ability to communicate with some of the systems local to that area. By runabout, it should take you a few days to get there and maybe a day to fix the problem, day or two, and then get your people back. Because we have not worked with this system in the past, I am sending you, a command officer essentially, to navigate that first official communication with our group. Do you have any questions about this mission, Commander? Just a couple, sir. Give an eyebrow to Commander Tibor that I do have a question when it's my turn to speak. First, is there, I mean, I've yet to read up on the communication array, but do we have a engineering specialist we're going to be taking with us since that was not my forte at the academy, sir? Lower the tick of the cheek. That was my question also. Yes, we do have engineering personnel and communications personnel that will be able to assist you. We're not entirely sure whether it's an engineering matter or simply they just don't have the right people to do the right job. In either event, we've got two personnel that will be accompanying you to facilitate this mission. Fantastic. Do we have all the data information specs for the communication array so I can study up while en route? 
We will make sure yes. that well, is. We'll make sure that gets transferred to you. Excellent. And then has the diplomatic corps put together a briefing packet on the tell? It's not Tellarite. That's ours. Yeah. Talarian. 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 That I can study as well. Yes. We can get you some information. There, we are in their general region of space. Though this is though, where Aslam Station is located is not specifically within their their territory. They have invited us to this region so that we can increase trade, exp- definitely expand our influence. They are very close to. We are very close to getting them to join the Federation. Increasing our increasing our profile in this region of space is a very important thing for us right now. Of course, sir. And uh, which of the runabouts do we have available, sir? Any of the runabouts that you would choose, it is up to you which ones you'd prefer. My preference would be the Eagle with its sensor packets uh, package so that we can diagnose any problems of this relay station. Choice is yours. I'll let you handle the uh, the mission parameters. You bring what you feel will be necessary to be successful. Once you're completed at Reladon Four, you will then proceed to pick to link up with the Delamas Christian and bring her home. Outstanding, sir. Any questions uh, for your staff, that, Chief, Lieutenant, Commodore? I would wonder what security risks do you anticipate in sending two members of security along with the commander I'm sending the the commanding officer of the escort ship for this station at a time where this ship is the station is vulnerable the reason I am sending a security officer and an intelligence officer is to one protect my commanding officer and two, to gather intelligence about what's happening in this region. As I said, we don't have a lot of dealings with the Talarians in general, and certainly very little in this sector as it's outside of their prime territory. But they have colonies out here. This is unclaimed space. So a lot of what will be happening here is getting a lay of the land. Effectively, and he's looking at St. Cuthbert, we need to start building dossiers, threat models, potential areas of concern, as well as areas of, of opportunity. If there's an area where we can make fast friends, we need to do that. If there's an, And we need to identify specific needs in the areas we go to. If they have technological deficiencies and we are not in opposition of prime directive protocols, then we need to have those identified so that Aslan Station can be part of the solution in these areas. The more we can do to benefit and help the peoples of our of the sectors that we are impacting, the better chance we all have of them joining the Federation. It is important to both the Federation and Starfleet Command that this area become safe and secure took us a lot of years to get to the point where we were very close to having the Bajorans join. And while it hasn't happened just yet, we are infinitely closer than we were 15 years ago or 20 years ago. 
the Talarian sectors that we are talking about, both in and outside of their primary territories, are like pre-wormhole, pre-Dominion War Bajor. If we can get them to be to at the very least be stronger partners with us in this region of space or better yet federation member worlds without some kind of massive conflict or the need to for allies to avoid a conflict that's what our mission here is we need to get them with us sooner rather than later we are not terribly far from breen space we are not terribly far from tholian space and we are on the rimward edge of Cardassian space. It is important that we take hold of this area and bring it into the Federation fold. Lieutenant, any questions before we break? Any existing intelligence will be part of the information that is forwarded to our commanding officer here? Correct. You'll be going there by runabout. You'll have a few days in the runabout, so you'll have time to study up. We'll make sure that you have access to all pertinent logs dealing with Talarian actions in the past, including some details with some of their more well-known people, including the incident that took place with the Enterprise D a, a little over a decade ago. Is that where I know them from? Talarian. A brief out-of-game aside, the Talarian episode, and I may or may not have the perfect pronunciation on this particular species, this is that that single episode from Star Trek Next Gen where you had the Talarian, and he had adopted a human boy, and they had that big challenge of this is, this is that particular species. So in, in Star Trek Preservation's canon, because... To my knowledge, those characters and that species has never been seen from again. But when I was looking at the galactic map, and specifically the Alpha Quadrant map, that was the area of space that fit our story needs the most. And right in the middle of it is this little blob that is Talarian space. So I was like, good enough. That's my connect. <laughs> Basically, I've updated it a bit to say that they're a little bit closer to the Federation than they left that TNG episode. But that TNG episode left with some bit of accords with those folks. So it makes sense that continued missions, improvement, the fact that the Federation and its allies effectively won the Dominion War, the Cardassians are no longer a threat, their particular region, the only really big quote-unquote power in their region right now is really the Breen. The Talarian have a really good vested interest, but in our canon, outside of their primary space, they have lots of colonies and lots of other worlds that they are active in that are outside of their primary territory. But they are willing to work with the Federation at this point. All right. So jumping back in, Pritchard stands up. Gentlemen, Thank you for your time. Stand up when he does. Dismissed. Thank you, sir. Head on out. Godspeed. As you exit the office, the doors close. You see there's another group that's there. They look like they're civilians. There's a bunch of folks there. Not that any of you have met any of them before, but one of them happens to be Cassidy Yates. And there's a few other people 
you see a patch from Federation Merchant Marine Group. Warmly smile and, and nod and uh, acknowledge, acknowledge their existence on the walk by. Excellent. If joining the Tabletop Journeys actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys, where patrons of the Tabletop Journeys podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games, where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary. The mission is planned to leave within a few hours, so you do have time to grab a meal before before you board the Eagle. Anything any of you would like to do to get ready for that? Just go pack my little Federation carry-on Merce, the extra few bit of gear, but otherwise say I'm going to probably save most of the briefing and prepping and studying for the ride there. Download any information that I can find on Telerian customs and culture. Excellent. And, and appearances. So there's not a lot of complication to this, but I will have you make a roll simply because the federations, while improving, it they are do not have full information on on the Telarians. And also, Lee, this is again systematically and mechanically. We have a time pressure because we need to leave. Correct. Like otherwise, if he had unlimited time to research that, he'd find out whatever he needs to know. But uh, this is what he can put together in a in an hour or so. Right? Exactly. It's it's going to be a task. Actually, tell me how you're going to put things together, and then I'll assign the task difficulty based on that. Yeah, basically just using Federation records. And if there's any information outside of Federation records that I can delve into, researching the planet, the system, the species name itself, any known interactions, and just filling the databanks, so to speak. Okay. That should be relatively easy. It's going to be a task difficulty of one, and I would definitely say that would be... You're specifically looking up customs, so I would definitely say we're looking at reason, and I'm going to go command on this one. Reason and command. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, customs, culture, and appearance. Nope. That's going to be a failure. Like Any 20s in there? No. <laughs> I got an 11 and a 16. And my difficulty would have been a 10 for reason plus command. The assists only apply when the primary character scores at least one success. At this point, the, again, as you note, the Federation has spotty records on. You know, so like we've got Captain Picard's log from that incident, and that's about, about it. About it. Okay. Fair enough. So not much regarding culture, the looks. You are successful in finding out what they look like. That's easy enough. There are even a few Talarians on station. We're in that area, so they are starting to filter in as the station builds out and gets completed. There are a few more civilians now than there were months ago. So Talarians are here. Talarian ships and freighters come through a lot because 
basically there's a ferry system to get products here. That's actually what the Commodore was complaining about. Things aren't getting here fast enough. And clearly they had other freighter captains going into a meeting directly after you. So clearly there's something happening there, but you just don't have quite enough to go on as far as culture goes. Cuthbert, was there anything that you wanted to do within that hour? No, I'm good. I like the idea of packing a Merce. Okay, fair enough. Actually, Lee, I do want to ask, is Captain Rochefort still on station from the conference? She is left at this stage. Otherwise, I was going to... Yeah, we are a couple days after the the conference. Yeah, because she was still waiting for the Michael Collins to arrive last I knew. So, it's coming on. Okay, yeah, then I grab a quick meal and my immerse and head on to down to the Eagle and... Anybody else grabbing a meal before they head out? Recognizing that's not a requirement for the changeling. But it's great people watching. It is. The mess hall that is for your section, basically where the Dalamas Christian crew would generally be housed, the mess hall for your area, which has a lot of ship crews that are either that are assigned here is lively there's there actually are quite a few ships that are here right now many of them are freighters but this is more of a starfleet mess hall and it's got a nice observation window of that center that center inner center space dock piece but this is situated so it also is fairly where it is near the top of the dome think about earth space dock one but a slight but a smaller scale but near the top of that dome it's looking down on the inner space dock but it's got observation windows outside as well so it it actually has a canted window that looks up it's got almost like a mini wall that that see-through as well on the outer portion and then it's got almost a canted window down and in so from where you are you can actually kind of see this huge area of space on one side and then look at the ships inside the station on the other so it's a really beautiful view and from that from this mess hall you're actually able to see some of the great star formations if you're looking at our owl bear that is a view of one of the stellar phenomena that you can see that actually pulsates every so often different at variant times you're actually able to see that from the mess hall it's, it's very pretty and and while it shows specific colors on that picture it'll actually at different times achieve different colorations altogether there's a number of conversations that are going on Cuthbert are you grabbing a meal with the other two as well oh yes as you're there your beautiful replicated meal literally tastes like gah doesn't look like it and that's not what it is but it tastes like gah I will look around a little bit try to be subtle as I can wondering why it tastes like gah most likely not answer from the corner of the mess hall it in basically a chef's mock you see a bullion starfleet uh, officer just laughing just like full-on belly laughing like holding himself up on the bulkhead laughing meanwhile you see he's standing next to one of the big replicators there computer return to normal programming (laughs) and he tips his hand to you and says i'll see you later (laughs) cuthbert and he walks away 
How many people saw that or maybe even picked up on that something was messed with? <laughs> I would say pretty – he was not trying to be subtle, but he chuckled about it and then he walked away. So to anybody who was either paying attention to your initial reaction and then his would probably have picked up on it. Okay, good. How I much mean, time is left? Uh, you got a, about a half hour or so. If you wanted to, you have time to go – replicate another meal that takes absolutely no time to do but um, that however would not be logical considering the nature of your friendship with this individual your pranks when you're gotten you're supposed to suffer the consequences um, yeah I'll sit there and suck it up and eat it <laughs> alright so you guys finish your meal captain you get the you get the word that the eagle is ready for boarding whenever you're ready sir I'll tap the comm to the other NPC crew that are supposed to be joining us and tell them we'll be departing in about 20 minutes. Make your way. See you there. Are any of the engineers that are being sent with us Talarians? The first of the people that meets you in the room is a station communications officer, Lieutenant Geral, and the stations, and I may, and again, I may be slightly off on the pronunciation. This is that cat-like race. Cation? Cation, yeah. thank you. That lieutenant is currently in charge of the communications department for the station and or, and has been assigned to this particular mission, which is an indication of how important getting this running correctly is to the Commodore. It is also an indication of how unfulfilled certain positions are on the station. A station is big enough where a lieutenant should n- probably not be in charge of communications on a star base that is generally positioned for a commander or lieutenant commander but at this stage there just isn't a lot of people on station right yet so while they are here that is likely to be more of a temporary posting but they're the one so that probably be the best communications officer in the sector as far as starfleet goes at this time so you have you, you indicated he Geral is a male Yes. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, Lieutenant. Captain, I hope you've. Uh, it's going to be a, a a comfortable trip. Oh yes, the Eagle's quite well situated. Excellent. So he stows his his gear. He's got one of those bags, and he sits down, and he takes out a pad device and starts fiddling with it. There are stations here, so there's one for for the commanding officer, there is one for Helm, and there is a tactical station. Valor, in the absence of, of a specific tactical officer, that would generally be your position to take the tactical seat in this particular situation. There is a multi-purpose station, which would be for you, Cuthbert. Are any of the six con officers from the Dalamus here on the station waiting as well? Because if so, I'll pull one in to fly the actual ship. Absolutely. Because my con score is a two. (laughs) So, of your three ensigns that would qualify, you've got one who who is a specialist in combat flight ops, you have one who's a specialist in coordinated flight ops, i.e. flying information, 
larger ships, capital ships, that type of thing. And then there's one who is a specialist in flight ops organization, which is more about making sure all the right parts for all the right ships are in all the right places and things of that nature. Well, if I have an option, I'll take the third one because that skill set could help in the logistics of repairing this comms array. Excellent. And that is so we are going to select that one so other than that being that character's focus because i act that's the way i did it i had a bunch of positions i figured i'd get a focus that that would help you guys decide who you'd want to pick but this is not one of the supporting characters that has been built as we play if you would like to go ahead and build said supporting character you may do all right let me pull open the Lovely tool maintained by BC Homes. Thank you, BC. Characters and starships. All those. Correct era. Random NPC? Sure. And then we can just manually fill in the uh, switch out the focus. Con. Very good. It is. She is a female Denobulin, (laughs) and it's Ensign Asha. A-S-H-A. Correct. Export to PDF. Landscape half sheet. Drop that in the chat. Sweet. I need one of those big red staple. That was easy buttons. Yeah, I love it. So for those listening to us playing the game, that's how long it takes to build a supporting character on the fly. Literally, we're about to take off and fly so we built this one on the fly awesome well done and give me one second trying to get to our engineer and i'm gonna ask you all actually i'm gonna ask dan to do this one if you'd be kind enough to do a supporting character for the engineer and their focus is going to be subspace communications. Station or ship? Station, uh, please. Yeah. Station, please. Okay. Oops. That's right. I forgot. You can't hit back. <laughs> you said. You said it was for engineering. Yes. So I have crewman second class. Zemerud Kokar, a human female. Okay. And can you spell the name for me? It was Z-E-Z-U-M-U-R-U-D. Surname was K-H-O-K-H-A-R. With focuses in damage control and subspace theory. Yeah, I just created another one. The focus of antimatter containment, emergency protocols, and the value of live fast and die hard. I'm like, oh no. That, that's not a good combination right there. <laughs> and not a high daring score. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> Let's not give that person a, a hand grenade. Crewman Kakari, she, she loads up. She's got a couple hard cases as opposed to that nice little Merce. She's got a couple hard cases that she stows with various pieces of, of equipment. And there are some logistics folks that also stow into an external compartment some other pieces of equipment that she's having brought. And she takes her seat up towards the rear of the ship 
there is a station dedicated for engineering, so she's manning those controls while, while she's there. Everybody is present in their seats, getting to take care of things. Basically, on a trip like this, it is a couple of days. There's a bit of setting up shifts, hot racking. We don't have to go into the minutia of all of that, but at any given time, not everybody necessarily, other than the working day, needs to be on. But there are a few folks that will have to be at least one person up, and the ship's going to fly an autopilot, but somebody should always be awake and watching things, even if they're feet up chilling, because it's all pretty much automated without a problem getting to where you're going. Known space lane, that type of thing. With that, you guys take off, take off from the shuttle bay. The shuttle bay leaves externally, so you don't go through that main inner dock. You are at impulse power to a certain point. Once you clear, the message comes over. Eagle, you have you have exited station space. You are clear for warp travel. Roger that, Aston Station. Ensign, make us go. Aye, sir. Oh, it doesn't work either. All right, I'm still working on this. I gotta get this nail out. Course is plotted in. You guys achieve warp. The starfields are going by. The trip has begun. We've ended the scene. There wasn't any momentum gained, so there's no momentum to track at this point. When we open up for the next scene, you are still at warp. You're a day away from the station. You've had time to kind of look through and do some of that research. I'm going to start with St. Cuthbert. And you said you were going to be looking at some of the known threats, things of that nature, when that was brought up. Gathering the information based on the limited resources and the limited information that Starfleet has is a bit of a challenge. But I was interested in what your approach to figuring out some of that information would be. All right, going through the the reports, and I wouldn't know specifically what would be in a, a Star Trek log, but I would look for any any types of buzzwords for things that would be a threat that we could handle immediately and then longer range threats. I'm going to give you a bit of a choice here because with the way you just worded that, I can easily see it being one of two ways. This could either be I'm looking for the meaning behind the meaning of the words, an insight security role, or it could simply be a direct, these are the words, these are specific catchphrases, the things that turn up in typical Starfleet reports that equal we need to watch out for X, Y, or Z, at which point it would be a reason security role. I'm not sure exactly which way you were leaning, so you tell me which way Cuthbert would look at that particular problem. Chad is going to lean towards his intelligence officer talent. Once permission, an intelligence officer may create an advantage without requiring a task or spending any resources. This advantage reflects some detail or insight the officer learned in intelligence report. Report. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. So in that case, we'll go reason. And we'll definitely, so you are, if I'm understanding that talent correctly, you do not have to roll the challenge or you still roll the challenge, but you get automatic successes. Do not have to roll the challenge. You don't have to. You can roll the the challenge if you want to try and generate momentum for the group. Okay. But essentially that talent uh, allows the character, if if you're thinking about how creating advantages work mechanically, it's like... 
two bonus momentum that can only go towards creating an intelligence-related advantage. Ah, okay, got it. So basically, you don't have to roll unless you choose to. The only risk of doing that is if you happen to roll a 20, now you have a complication. Yeah, so actually, probably what I would do is I'd have him do the research roll, but yeah. then instead of spending the momentum to create the advantage... Yeah, just get um, the advantage. Yeah, so okay. you essentially get the two momentum for free, or okay. on top of all right. So in that case, this is going to be a task two, because while there is a bit of time pressure, it's not excessive and it's not excessively difficult, given the fact that there are reports out there. They just weren't available on station at the time when Dan's character was looking for them, or at least not descriptive enough at that time. So if you would kindly roll. I typoed my keyword search. Yeah, something like that. So, Chad, oh, you'd be rolling. Calorian. That's why I wasn't finding anything. <laughs> Damn autocorrect. So, yeah. So, Chad, in that case, you've got 2d20 to roll. Your success rate is going to be 2, and then or the difficulty of the task is going to be 2. And then the ship would be able to roll as well, secure its roll, to assist you. I rolled a 5 and an 18. So that's one success. Do you have a focus that applies as well, Chad? Uh, my character has covert operations, tech hacking, espionage, infiltration, clandestine operations, and survival is probably not applicable here. I would think espionage would be applicable in this particular case because you are looking for basically the hidden threats and the and that. And then computers, security for the the ship. Correct. So and so, Chad, you're five. What is your security discipline score, Chad? Five. So you're getting two successes because you are with espionage as your, as your focus. Anything five or under counts double. So you get two successes based on that. Joe, if you'd roll for the ship. I just did, and I rolled a nine, which is a success because it's equal to the computers plus security. There. Nine. So that is three successes. You don't have to spend any momentum <clears throat> on the stage because we're all good where that is concerned. You've generated three momentum total. As far as ongoing threats, what you do know is this particular system is a bit contested. There are a number of Talarian colonies here. They, in general, are at peace, but the decision to work with the Federation or not is not 100% sold in this region. The Talarian government in their prime territory really wants this, but not all of their colony worlds are necessarily on board with this. But they depend on the Talarian primary government for protection and for resources, so they're doing the thing. But there are a number of factions that are greatly opposed to Federation involvement, specifically in the Reladon system and they have factions that are, there's that are against being Starfleet because they're afraid they'll get pulled into wars there's factions who don't like Starfleet because they don't trust a post-scarcity economy they think they'll still be relegated to the bottom rungs and then there's other groups that are basically always angry because they feel they're being overworked and underpaid so there's a number of areas from which threat could be derived Post-scarcity kind of eliminates that last problem, just saying. 
in theory, in theory, it does. But there are a number of people who simply don't believe that's a possibility, so they refuse to accept that, that could happen. So while they, while logically, if that were true, that makes sense, but they don't believe it'll ever be true. And part of that is their entire existence has been largely oppressed and oppression based on being in a scarcity economic situation. It's easy to convince people in the middle that it could be better. It's very hard to convince people at the bottom that it could be better, especially when you're asking them to give up stuff in the now for what will come later. Yep. We'll just have to roll up our sleeves and show them and not tell them. Yep. So that's pretty much what you've gotten from that. But in specific, this particular system and this particular communications array operating above Relodon 4, they have a very powerful union that is very much opposed to Federation being here. The union feels that their power will be taken away if they join the Federation. It's a legitimate concern. Political dynamics being what they are. Are there any names in this report? The name of the union would be the Astro Station Conglomerate. That's the union. And their head is a Talarian named Jedrick. Yeah, that's the union president. And then do we have the name of the head of the colony and like then the commander of this communications array facility? Making Lee when he could dig into his GM notes for names already. Colony is Prefect Jador. She herself is known to be relatively neutral in the pro-Federation, anti-Federation. She's more about appeasing the union because they have a lot of sway on Redalon 4. Redalon 4 is a resource hub, so to speak. There's a lot of mining of minerals as well as specific noble gases that are found in huge gas deposits within their oceans. They have huge, basically, almost like oil rigs that just sit on their oceans and they are basically pulling up gases from below from below uh, the bottom of the ocean um, that are very specific and particularly useful for many different things in, in, in Starfleet and fairly unique to this to this class M world. They don't have a lot of useful soil. There are a few pockets here or there, but generally speaking, almost everything is brought here. And while replicator technology exists that uh, among the people in, in this colony that is for the rich replicator technology as great as it is requires a lot of power which means dilithium which means basically engines reactors and things of that nature and the common person doesn't have that so a lot of the populace a great deal of their personal resources is really just bringing on food so much so that they do have a very large food black market. This is why we're needed out here. And is the prefect, is she in charge of the colony slash facility, or is there someone specifically also in charge of the communications array? So the communication array belongs to the Talarian primary government in Talarian space. The prefect is responsible for making sure it's staffed and it's operational. She is the one that called and asked for help 
from uh, Aislinn Station because basically it's down and she wants it fixed before Talarian folks are aware. She basically is putting the rush because if it can be fixed before her scheduled check-ins, things of that nature, they don't know anything went wrong. She doesn't have any problems with them. She can then report back to her people. They're still happy with us and continue her unending promises of trying to make things better. That's pretty much what you have uh, during this same time frame. Valolor, anything else you were looking for, looking at? I, I did my, I fired my shot and I missed. If either the commander or the intelligence officer wanted assistance, I can certainly offer that. But it's a lot of the same things that I'd already looked for and didn't succeed on. Okay, fair enough. And Commander Tabor? Yeah, I'm mostly just using the time to justify narratively the use of one of my talents, which is literally titled, Did the Reading. So, <laughs> I like it. it. It lets me use it lets me use for my science skill instead of the other discipline that you would normally use. So I've right. read up on a bunch of all this stuff. All right. One of the other things, because you did the reading, I will throw out for you is this, that anomaly that you could see through the window that fires off every so often it does coincide in certain areas depending on conditions odd interactions with equipment there is work being done on the station science officials to try to find some form of shielding that will limit that interference generally it's not significant generally it's more things get a little glitchy for a few moments when it flares up and then it's gone. It usually doesn't last particularly long or whatever, but I would liken it to being anywhere on Earth in those rare events where a solar flare creates an electronic disturbance. It's usually not terribly long. It's usually not terribly bad. It doesn't shut down equipment all the time, but it can make a, it can make a satellite call in those moments challenging, or it can make a reception from satellite tv really spotty for a few moments or what have you that's the interference from this that of stellar event is within this general range it's a little far off but you're not right right on it so to speak but it is out here it's one of the things that the station was placed specifically to observe all right so with that the day passes you arrive at the station Next time on Star Trek Preservations. I said, full price. And then points at you and says, I'll meet you at the docking bay. One of them is completely in disarray. It's like nacelles are actually not completely hooked up at this point. Child of Ferengar, raised and bred. He looks at Tabor. What is this? This is my chief of security. Now, why don't you take me to the prefect? We can be about our way. Oh, no trouble at all. Commandant Pritchard wanted me to come and liaise with you. We are very interested in maintaining good relations with our Talarian neighbors. <laughs> 